Awoga, this is a dwarf cast. Hello and welcome to the Ganymede and Titan Dwarfcast. Yeah, we're back. Hey! Uh, we haven't recorded any of these for quite an astonishing length of time. So no. to punish ourselves and you, we're going to be watching a Series 8 episode. Yes. Uh, Pete, the featured length director's cut with extra dinosaurs. <laughs> if only. Uh, it's a pared down Dwarfcast pairing today because we've decided that all the others are too shit to be on this podcast. Yeah, fucking so, working and stuff. Yeah, bollocks. Uh, so I'm Ian Symes and with me is Danny Stevenson. Hello. And now it's time for you to queue up your DVD and once the bips finish, uh, you can press play. Bips. The bips. <laughs> bips and pips. Yeah. Combination of the two. So let's do that. There ain't no place in the whole of cyberspace. www.ganymede.tv Yeah, explosion. Explosions. We were just saying that as you navigate the menus of the Series 8 DVD, you get a terrible <laughs> sense of foreboding. <laughs> what you're about to do. <laughs> as you travel down the corridors, you just think, oh, God, this is a really bad idea. <laughs> I mean, we have, have we done, we've done a Series 8 commentary. We did Crikey TV many years ago. Many years ago. And we've we sort of put off the idea person. of doing any Series We also, we had an aborted one. Where it was just me and Capsy years ago, and we sat down to watch Cassandra because we said, "Look, we quite like Cassandra. Let's sit down and watch it, and it'll be interesting." And then it was so shit compared to our memory of it. <laughs> I think we just threw the whole you thing got out. So we down so hide and downtrodden with it, you just thought, yeah. "Oh fuck this! This is this nuts." Um, the Ganymede and Titan Silver Survey has this to say about uh, Pete Parts One and Two. Uh, Pete Part 2 is number 61 of 61. Um, what more can be said about the shambles? It is categorically and undeniably the worst episode of Red Dwarf, rooted to the bottom of the list and miles away from its nearest rival. If Derby County's 2007-08 Premier League campaign was an episode of a science fiction sitcom, this would be it. In a year where we're supposed to be celebrating everything good about Red Dwarf, let's just be thankful when there's an episode as bad as this... It sticks out so much that the decision to put it in last place was shared by 67 people, by far the highest amount, by a factor of 39. And then garnering about 400 more points is Pete Part 1 at number 60 out of 61. Oh look, and here's its slightly less shit brother. In real terms, it's moved down two places since last time, and I think it's suffering from its association with the concluding part. If you see it as a standalone half hour, there are worse episodes in Series 8 just about because there is a little bit of funny stuff in this there's yeah there's some really good ideas in this it's just none of it's connected it's just it's a series of sketches it's why i don't like um dear dave in series 10 because it reminds me of there's there's plenty of individual scenes in there that are good but there's no cohesive plot to hold it all together and so it just seems a bit empty yeah and this is not Red Dwarf, (laughs) in the slight, like, any premise you have of Red Dwarf does not include, oh, I'm in trouble with the boss, and uh, and Ackerman's going out on a date and he needs his eye, that might not even be this episode, but, (laughs) yeah, yeah. it's just, 
it's really broad and it could be any setting any time it's it's more rooted in contemporary well not even contemporary for the time because it's like cliches of 70s and 80s sitcoms yeah not that I've got anything against 70s and 80s sitcoms but it's a style sort of it's the kind of storyline that the cosy sort of pre-watershed ITV sitcoms would have or more pertinently American sitcoms of oh the bus is coming to Dicker yeah Dicker Dinner (laughs) and the vicar's coming round and I've dropped my trousers oh crikey oh crikey (laughs) And just kind of, and I think the one thing that, that series eight suffers from a lot is the overdone repetition of jokes. Like, like to yeah. the point of where it's it's it, it's funny, then it's not funny, and then it it goes into like, oh, just stop and just yeah. move on. It never swings back around into funny. No, and they just do it one more time too many. I yeah. think that's enough, and it's like it's more like it, it really does seem like padding. And it's a shame because they could cut a lot of stuff, like mm. like the see you in ten minutes stuff that. Yeah. We'll come to that. I think that's this. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> Forget that. The, it's all, um, that's the problem with Series 8 as well. There's a lot of stuff like you can't... It's it's where Family Guy kind of falls down a bit as well. Is where like episodes where like certain events happen, you can't work out what episode it's from because it's so disconnected to what mm. the actual event, of the actual storyline. Yeah. You can't actually nail down that scene. It's like I find it quite difficult to find dialogue and hear it and go, oh, that's from that episode. Especially yeah, with whereas 8. in... In the majority of Red Dwarf, even, you know, regardless of your feelings on Series 7 or of Series 10 or Back to Earth, yeah. everything you can easily place because there's, there's plots. Yeah. I mean, but, here uh, we are, we've got a prison that's decided to have a basketball game. <laughs> and then in the middle of the basketball game, someone's decided to give them Viagra. Which is, when you think about them in like, terms of actual... It's just, yeah, it's just weird how, like, just... In terms of disjointed plot lines, it's like, what the fuck is this doing here? This has no correlation to anything at all. You do wonder how much of Series 8's problems are down to production problems, because, like we were saying, most of the jokes, most of the scenes have got a lot of padding in them. Most of the scenes are disconnected, and there was, you know, the whole subplot of Archie from this yeah. was originally cut out of Cassandra, because they weren't under-timing Cassandra, and they were under-time here. Yeah. And so what you've got is because Back to Earth was changed from one hour special to three half hours and because Earth was dropped, uh, Pete had to be extended and uh, and there just wasn't enough material, there wasn't enough plot. Like Pete might have made the whole thing, uh, you know, it was designed to fill about half an hour <laughs> originally, it probably as in the way Doug writes, he often writes over, so it would probably be about 40 minutes of material stretched to two half hours it's always such a shame when you realize that the episodes that were cut were obviously going to be better ideas yeah and then by a result of them not being able to do the good episode they've had to make the sort of mm. the generally bad episodes sort of like longer and like yeah. more drawn out and it's uh, such can, a backwards sort of way of you can tell just how drawn out drawn out it is because this double length uh thing this extended cut is 51 minutes so that means that a good seven or eight minutes have been cut out and that's recaps. to make it actually work yeah same one back in the red as well i think i'm fed yeah, that is sure. to make that work. but yeah just just the recaps and everything it just 
the recap at the start of this episode is way too long. And back to uh, back in the red, it's even worse. I've got to be honest with you, Craig's headbutt into the basket is probably one of the best sort of. Yeah, there's a lot of good <laughs> physical comedy here. Yeah. But it's things like that I hate when they speed up footage because mm. obviously that's the type that just took too long to happen. But yeah. it just looked weird when they kind of artificially like changed the shot length to make it fit the edit and it just seemed always really, really strange. And now Captain Hollister has an erection. <laughs> <laughs> of course that's what you do in your own uh, Of course, because this was originally going to be when it was first announced in Better Than Life, uh, the you know list of episode titles, one was Captain's Office and one was Pete. They were separate episodes. Oh, that's right, yeah. Captain's Office was going to be... They were meant to sort of be sort of like brother episodes, but they yeah. weren't meant to be connected. It was the idea. And I, I just can't help but think why they didn't just keep the original titles, because this particular half hour of Pete, Pete Part 1, is... You know, there there's a through plot of they keep getting called back to the captain's office, they keep fucking up, they keep doing things wrong. And then Pete only turns up as a cliffhanger. Yeah. So if they'd have just called it Captain's Office and Pete, then it, the effect would have been that there's, you know, actually a decent amount of standalone episodes in this series and it doesn't, it just doesn't feel as stretched because you only get five stories spread over eight episodes. Yeah. You could have had these as separate, it would be six over eight. Yeah, it's like Confidence and Paranoia Me Squared having a, yeah. a, a cliffhanger and then a resolution that is the main yeah. part of the main, main episode of the next one. So it's like that would have made more sense. It doesn't, psychologically speaking, it doesn't yeah. sort of like seem daunting that you've got two parts of something that, you know, if, if you've got two separate entities, then you can kind of see them as separate entities. Yeah, with, and, with a continuing plot. And also, if you're expecting a two part, you expect everything that's there in the first part to be resolved in the second half. Yeah. And it it's not that's not the case. It's two different plots wedged together. Yeah, I remember playing drafts of themselves. Kind of a good. It's a very rumor like thing to do. Yeah, there's there's always redeeming features in series eight. They're few and far between, and they're not big. But <laughs> why Lister is not being able to do a dot to dot is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, and then later person. later within the same episode is the only person who's able to operate the time one apart from Crichton. <laughs> <laughs> Captain I, I, I Hollister do, do says like to him at one point, "We've asked everyone on the ship, and you're the only person." Who knows. <laughs> like, there's no the science fuck? officers or anything. Red Dwarf a massive ship, <laughs> crewed over a thousand people. He's one six eight. Oh no, he's one six nine out of one six nine, and apparently yeah. there's no one else on board. Not yeah, even the, like the science extra, officers, all people who fucking make like the drive engines and stuff. The extra thousand people that they recruited after series one <laughs> must have been <laughs> just shit. <laughs> Ten, a thousand laboratory mice. Well, I always thought that the thousand after series eight had happened. I always thought the thousand extra people were the prisoners that were ended up. Yeah. That like they were the other people. So there was more prisoners. So they than, weren't. There was more prisoners than crew. That sounds nuts. So it was just a prisoner ship. Yeah. That happened to have some other people on it <laughs> as a cover. Yeah. And yet this this area of the ship has never been seen before or since. And everyone was completely seen how long unaware and of deep it. it is. It's, it's like it pretty much takes up like essentially it's like. Like one part of the ship is just out of bounds or yeah. has just n- never been seen by anyone. <clears throat> It'll be quite easy to remove Series 8 from the canon, <laughs> really. Nothing would really be affected. Well, you could do the whole. It's its own, it's its own thing and it's just bollocks. You could do the, you could do the reality bubble thing if you really didn't want 7 or 8 to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all personal preference and there are people that like series 8 but the fact that when it ended 
Red Dwarf went away for nine years, and when it came back, it ignored it as much as was humanly possible to ignore it. Yeah, which it's says it, six volumes. Now we've got a Rimmer that's a hologram. It's clearly not. Now, whatever your personal theories on what version of Rimmer it is, it doesn't really matter because Doug's writing it as Rimmer. Yeah. He's not getting bogged down in the specifics. No. And that's why it feels good and it feels natural and Chris Barry's on form and Doug's on form. Yeah. And so it feels good. And so you can happily ignore this version of Rimmer. It's just, this is just a weird thing. The prison is never going to be referred to again. Ackerman and Kilcrazy and Baxter are never going to be referred to again. No. It's just gone. And Such a maybe that may, it makes it far less painful we were discussing this the other day that now that we've got Red Dwarf new Red Dwarf that we like and the most recent Red Dwarf is stuff that we like we don't have to feel as angry and ashamed of Series 8 anymore it's no. just a curiosity no I always kind of I always kind of feel like that I don't I, I often feel like it's it's like whenever there's something better after it there's yeah. always kind of, you can kind of forgive the the fact that the stuff before it isn't quite as good, but now you know that you can watch Series 8 knowing mm. there's at least some stuff that's better coming up. You know, Which is why I understand the reactions when there's you know there's people that don't like Series 10 as much as we do and who don't like Sit Back to Earth at all. Yeah. And I can see why New Red Dwarf not being up to scratch by their standards makes them so angry because it's really disappointing and annoying yeah. that your favourite show, that you don't like it anymore. And so uh, we're, we've become calmer towards Series 8 in, in the last few years. Yeah. But if you don't like Series 10, then you've got every right to be equally as angry about Series 8 as you ever were. Yeah. It was a long sentence. There's oh. that smeg up from there, wasn't there, where the WD-40 dripped into his mouth while he was yeah, spraying. Yeah, I did actually wonder whether it actually got some on him when he, when the scut of thought flicked the yeah. WD-40 off his little claw. Oh, I forgot about this. It just seems like the whole Rimmer leaving thing. Was the programmable virus like meant to be a plot point at any point? Because it's it goes nowhere. Yeah, it just ends up being a payoff. It gets paid off by their clothes being removed. I don't know. It just it's um, yeah. There's just so many things about this episode that's just odd. Mm. And yeah, programmable virus is a cool idea, but it's the way that they used it to do a slapstick routine. That's always been a criticism of Doug Naylor's solo efforts on Red Dwarf. Is that he packs in more ideas and he's got time to justify. Explore. Yeah. So in here you've got the time wand, which is a bit of a retread of what's gone before, but it's a it's a new way of doing time travel type bits. Yeah. You've got programmable viruses, you've got a dinosaur <laughs> fucking about for some reason. And then none of those things are explored in the way they should. And that's still prevalent to an extent when you've got things like Fathers and Sons, where you've got two big ideas in there. Um, Lister acting as a father to himself and pre-predicting the future and but there's just extra stuff in there that prevents you from exploring either of those ideas yeah. quite to the extent that you'd want to the difference is that the this is just offensively bad stuff <laughs> not that Fathers and Sons is there it's offensively bad stuff but you know what I mean do you know what I mean
The wrong number joke is funny. It's good, but the, again, it goes on too long before you get the point. Like, oh my me. god, look at that fucking pencil. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, my god. That is the most UFO like space yeah, object they've strange. ever done. Must have been a template. <laughs> Music's really weird here. It sort of reminds me of um, Seal. It sounds like Killer. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's really weird seeing the crew without Rimmer and Lister. It's like this because the like the cast of this is so massive. It's exactly like a B team. It's B team. Yeah. A team, B team. You got B A team, which is Rimmer and Lister, and you got the B team, which is Cat Rimmer, uh, Cat Crichton and Kachaski. And, and they Holly. do that quite a lot as well, and it's yeah. it's it's when you get the weird interactions in things like uh, Cassandra, where you get Rimmer and Kachansky put yeah. together. It's like the A and the B team. They kind of never seem to meet apart from them over occasion. It's it's a consequence of the cast just being unmanageably big yeah. in this series, and we haven't even mentioned Ackerman and Hollister and people like that. Ah, oh, the C cast. Yes. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. And Holly, you forgot to mention Holly. <laughs> and that speaks volumes. But yeah, it's a shame because when there's four people or even five people, including Holly, everyone's all together. Everyone's great. It's weird having Crichton and Cat in particular yeah. on a different tier. Yeah, it's strange. It's like you've got Delboy and Rodney and Uncle Albert, and you put Crichton and Cat on the par with Boise and Trigger. Yeah, I think it's really weird when the. Obviously, the acting is there to help the audience understand, but with the edit, it would have made more sense just yeah, to pause to the footage. Yeah. You know, have him play the whole thing like that and then have Kachansky be like, I don't know, it's just weird. It's just. It seems like the kind of thing that was done in a rush without much thought being put into how it was going to look in the end. See, if you did that and when you're talking you normally, like a mental. Yeah. If you just. Did it as a pre-record, didn't shoot it in front of the audience. And you can have them on green. Yeah. Oh, and the the main, the non-frozen people on set yeah. and the frozen people on green, and you can do whatever you want with it. And the, the biggest problem with this I've got is the fact that if he's running on a different time stream, he mm. wouldn't know it's happening to him. Yeah. He would just be pausing and thinking, he would just not be aware that it's actually happening to him. He'd just think that, you know, that he'd just be running through the sentence. But the fact is, he wouldn't be saying what he's saying because he wouldn't know it's happening to him. I'll tell you what would be a good little project, (laughs) is to re-stitch his dialogue from his point of view. Take out, has it? The Rich Lord and stuff. Uh, Of course he has. (laughs) Peter P's actually put to get out and tell you what, it looks really, really strange. Because it'd end up going, it would really screw you up. Yeah, it would screw you up. Rather than screw you up. Yeah, (laughs) Why do I suddenly feel like a wimp toe? <laughs> that little girl couldn't say a V's. Wimp toe. <laughs> I resent the implication that you have to be a child to drink wimp toe. Fucking love wimp toe. <laughs> I have adult wimp toe where I mix wimp toe with lemonade and vodka, and it's lovely. <laughs> right, here's the thing. They've reverted themselves back to a previous, time, a previous in time in their lives. But the cat's never been in the 70s. And neither has Kachansky, because she's from the 23rd century, or whichever century it's set in in that particular point. It's a previous time period to the rest of you. It doesn't say previous time in their lives. Oh, no, it does say it now. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, that's that's where, yeah. So Cat wore that at some point. I think, well, I, I can, I can imagine that, that, like, you know how fashion's kind of sort of, like, cyclical, cyclical yeah. yeah. So you kind of have, like, the 70s kind of, well, like, nowadays you still get kind of 70s fashion coming back and stuff. Yeah. And like, kind of, like, flair. But it, it's, all, it's almost like they've just forgotten in the writing stage that it's set in the future. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's like, the, I think that's the problem with, you, with Series 8 is that yeah. they seem to have forgotten that it is meant to be it's in space fun. in the yeah. future. It's it's, just like, it becomes too domestic. And yeah. so, yeah, if whatever age and that Chloe just, was at that point, then she would have won that. And that is just a fucking odd <laughs> joke. Hang on, I'll hide it in my head. <laughs> what the fuck? How? What would be funny if it was just sticking out the back of his head? Like, the, the flap of the, yeah. the top of his head was open, it was sticking out the back, and just like, no one will fucking see it. And this is how you composite a fuckload of potatoes. Oh, badly. that was really bad. Like, remember, like, went through it. Oh, listen, like, went through it. And that just looks like a, Loads of potatoes against a, a glass plate. wall. <laughs> just up against the glass wall. <laughs> There's no depth to that whatsoever. Um. Even the potatoes in the menu were better than that. <laughs> <laughs> they look pretty peeled already, to be fair. They look pretty clean. Sure, and can, Surely in the future there's a way to... <laughs> to peel potatoes. Well, potatoes probably don't even need to be a thing anyway. There's probably some fucking... Everything thing. comes out of the fucking vending machines. Obviously it's just a prison. It's like a mailbag thing. It's like yeah. they just do it for the sake of just giving them menial punishments. Here comes the strangest music choice ever oh to be in Oh my god, I world. fucking hate it. I can't stand it. Fucking hillbilly techno. Oh god, it's rednecks. just fucking... Yeah, it is or like on Ijo. It is. More like um, hillbilly rock by the Woolpackers. <laughs> oh god, thanks for reminding me that this song exists. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's yeah. quite... There is some there's some skill in the production of this of the cuts of them being the cuts slight, of them are genuinely slightly, yeah like, just one thing changed every time yeah and you kind of get it it's, it's it's I suppose it's well edited it must have been a nightmare to do like physically because like, yeah. the, the bald cap has to be kind of progressively done and, yeah you know they have to do it that way and, and and to be fair the bald caps and stuff on this is really fucking good like you can't tell that it's mm. it's 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 incredibly kind of flawless. The thing is, but why? It's a programmable virus. <laughs> why did you do that? They pro they, the dialogue states that they program it to eat the skins, but not the potatoes. So why is it eating hair and clothing? Uh, is it like uh, eat everything apart from the flesh eat, and potato? I think it's eat the outside of a thing, but leave the thing on the inside it's just, alone. That's what they've yeah. been told to do, and it's like literally like it's taking it. It's like you know when something takes something mm. literally, like keep an eye on that lamb, and it's like they do <laughs> and sit there for three hours and watch it burn. It's like. You know. I was understood as that. <laughs> Na- you know, um, the school of naturalistic acting was started by Mac McDonald in this. Now, I don't think The Office would exist if it wasn't for Hollister's performance. In this. Uh, also, it didn't eat their eyebrows. Or their no, chest hair. No, I thought I did think about the chest hair. <laughs> We want to see Pooch Craig Charles waxed for our <laughs> pleasure. I don't know what I feel about Ricky Grover. Because he's quite good in that, what's it called, the um, Joe Brand thing set in the hospital. Uh, is it? No, I'm thinking of not going out, but that's not, that's not that. It's something along those lines. 
If you know what it is, tweet us at Ganymede Titan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get that. Yeah, but he's good in that. But then he was in that fuck awful Johnny Vegas, no, Johnny Vegas, Johnny Vaughan sitcom. I don't remember that. That was probably with good reason. Poor. But he's in um, Black Books and he's excellent. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's good. So this is he, one of the best, the best bit of um, maybe when he's written well, he can perform. <laughs> so I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. But see, what I mean, right? Okay, they're about to do an edit, which I thought that they were going to do consistently, and they never mm. did. They've got a shot where he jumps. How does motion blur work? <laughs> if someone looks blurry, do they feel blurry? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, time wonder only works in twenty-five frames per second. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, this is actually one of the best scenes in series eight for me. I don't know why. I just like the wordplay and the just the yeah. It's a good. It's a good character. It's a good character. Characteristic. And Rimmer and and Chris is just brilliant at being as sarcastic as you want in this. When I first very first saw this on the night, I was convinced that that was Kevin Alden in old man makeup. <laughs> you can see the resemblance. I can, yeah. Nine. <laughs> I think the Welsh accent helps a lot <laughs> with the sort of the, the sort of bumbling madhead. <laughs> I love the. Yeah, it's that bloke sitting next to you. <laughs> it's just that kind of thing. I love the smoke of him getting all that shit in. Oh mouth. God! I don't know these guys. They're very, they're very. They look well. The thing is, they were. I think the chance with the best sort of working you've ever seen. Mm. Like they'll, they'll work the best ever, but yeah, there's. Oh God! This. We're in the part of the episode now where it reminds me of it being recapped at the start of part two on yeah. the broadcast versions and just thinking, why? Why are you using so much stuff? Yeah. It's, it's like far, far too much stuff. Because, like I say, it's essentially two standalone episodes bolted together. Yeah. You didn't have a massive thing at the start of, Confid- of Me Squared explaining what had happened... With, yeah. with you know, with completely unrelated scenes from Confidence Paranoid. Maybe there should have been a just a little Holly recap or a. A Holly recap know. would have worked so much better. There's something wrong with Pete. Do you want some seed? <laughs> he hasn't got an erection, Rimmer. You fucking knob. <laughs> Lister's got like compassion for that bloke who he's not met before. Yeah. Uh, I suppose that's a good but thing. But Lister's that's always Lister. had that though. Yeah. Lister is just, that is the way Lister is. The whole time wand thing, there's got to be a better, there's got to be better comedic and dramatic value in doing something with that other than making a dinosaur happen. Which doesn't even make sense because... A sparrow isn't evolved directly from a T-Rex. <laughs> it's just, yeah. And it's hard to feel... It's like I said, a lot of Series 8's production problems are down to... A lot of the problems with the finished product are down to the production problems. And so you've got to have sympathy there that the budget didn't stretch far enough that to do this, that to do that. But, but when you then you remember they spunked all, all the money on this dinosaur and on Dancing Blue Midgets. I think take out those two set pieces and you've got more money to spend across the book. Yeah. And then, thankfully, they've oh. 
they seem to have taken that on board now and Back to Earth and Series 10 are on minuscule budgets even compared to this but they don't overstretch themselves they'd rather do six good episodes rather than one that they think will be great and then just bodge the rest yeah follow the room shape that's a good line and again it's only 25 frames a second yeah it would blur but it's just the visual effects aren't remotely good enough to make it look real or and therefore there's or no peril and there's no peril and none of the comedy it works because uh, and this weird thing where his head goes back and forwards in the edit what, yeah just with the, whether it's trying to turn, yeah. like it's trying to headbutt the um, it's sort of like trying to feign a headbutt into a door yeah and it's just reversed footage. Yeah, it's just like kind of played forward and backwards, kind of like the um, is it Tuscan Raider in Star Wars? He's eating a scut. Oh, this is it. Just a big mad. Bloody this whole thing's just mad. That's what a T Rex's stomach looks like. And Kraken could be tired, oh. apparently. <laughs> yeah, so that was... Uh, that's, spo- oh, that's supposed to be a Terminator parody, isn't it? <laughs> well done. Is that what it is? Yeah, there, there's a few shots, like the T-1000 bursting out of the when they're in the furnace at the end. Oh, yeah. Wallace and Gromit did it better with Preston in a close shave. <laughs> and those doors... If they're light enough for Lister to be able to move easily by hand. Basically, this episode is not very good, is it? <laughs> it's all very well sitting here pedantically just going, oh, this is shit. But it's only because it's not funny that you feel the need to be pedantic about it. Yeah. It's taking a plot that didn't need to happen in an hour. <laughs> This concludes Norman Lovett's contribution to this episode. If you're going to bring him back, give him something to do. Yeah. That's where I have sympathy for him on on the commentary on this. It's like, where am I? Yeah, and it's, it's true. What's, what's um, the point? Like, they got rid of Holly in the first place because there wasn't enough dialogue to go around. So bring Holly back, plus you've now got Kachansky in there as well, plus... But I also think that's down Ackerman to the fact of, <laughs> that could also be down to the fact that after series six and seven happened, people were complaining that Holly hadn't been brought back. And it's like, and then they bring him back, and then realise the. Well, it's in the yeah, in like, the pre-publicity, it was look, look, Rimmer's back and Holly's back. Yeah. And so it, it was like everyone all together, for the it first was. time in ages. But, it, made no sense, and that's why you don't need, Holly to be in series eleven. It's like you didn't need him or her in series ten. No. It's just the plot, is one thing now. The uh, the composition of the episodes doesn't require that character to be there. Yeah, I mean, someone suggested the idea that maybe they bring back Hattie and Norman like back in one episode, like as a kind of trying to get the computer back online and it keeps switching between them. I think that would be, cool. be nice. That would be cool, Guest but appearance. that would also mean that after that there'd be no chance ever to bring them back after that. Mm. That, that would be the end of Holly. That there'd be no other way. Of well, maybe that would be a really but, nice thing to have. Like, I like the idea of them arguing like a married couple. 
like it's like yeah. the, the kind of the, the, the domestic thing of yeah. them arguing like the female and the male version arguing a, the toss about things in the ship like they are two different completely different personalities yeah. and I thought it'd be kind of a cool yeah because it'd be different from Holly and Hilly who were infatuated yeah. with each other it'd yeah. be it'd, they'd be rivals it'd be like me thing. squared but with, with the computer which would be really unusual but it would kind of give you a different dynamic I like that I like because Holly never got an ending there's no there's no conclusion to Holly's story no it would be nice to bring back Holly as a one-off have a Holly-centric episode and Mm -hmm. give some sort of closure to the character Mm -hmm. rather than a line of dialogue saying oh we've lost Red Dwarf or oh the computer's water damaged yeah trying to give excuses to why it's not there as opposed to just showing it that's a nice um, A4 laminated print off of the Red Dwarf logo in the background there (laughs) It's, of course, that's yeah, that makes perfect sense. The thing is that they 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 had badges of Red Dwarf and stuff on like silver badges of the logo, and I assume that it's just yeah. That is weird. It is weird because it's sort of a fourth wall thing, but mm. then again, no, the it's just broken the fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just goes on. Yeah. Just, just, they're still doing this. They're making a curry. They're making a curry. They've been making it in real time. Yeah. It's essentially <laughs> can't smeg, won't smeg. <laughs> oh dear. Oh. Pete genuinely doesn't know that the cat has switched the rice. <laughs> just the subtitle comes on the bottom. <laughs> nom 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 nom. Yeah, it just kind of. Like the other reason for this is to have the whole conversation <coughs> later on about that how much the dinosaur shit. shit itself. It goes into absolutely horrendous detail oh as God. to And it's this bit as well. Eats it and then this weird Looney Tunes eye popping thing. Which is like Ooh. Oh God. And then it's it just, just stays still. Weird. It's just, and then it goes as a fucking absolute fucking. It doesn't look real, and therefore, the entire episode is a waste of time. Oh, it's weird. And maybe sound like I'm being facetious, but yeah, that is genuinely the case. And then there's like, you, things like that. It looks things awful. like that. It's like fucking. Oh, it just turns into a fucking cartoon at this point. In fact, that's pretty much what Siri Light is. Siri Light is essentially a cartoon. That's it's a bit really of lampshade slumped. hanging from Crichton there. It says, oh, the freeze on the guards must have expired. Uh, if only the buttons were clearer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we know that this makes no sense, but we're doing it anyway. And here's a return to the running gag of sorts of them being taken to the captain's office and something happens. It's tedious. <laughs> Two and a half tons of ice cream is not a lot with the ship. For a thousand people. Yeah. Well, the thing is that they, they, they didn't say they've got enough food to last them thirty thousand years. That's usually the thing. And yeah. Four hundred crates of orange ice pops ain't a fucking lot of ice pops. <laughs> and all the Coca Cola. So that's a. They see the sponsorship would have like this should have been. <laughs> Product please. <laughs> There's no P at the start. Goosey <laughs> shadow. 
and this just goes this on, goes and on. on and on and on and on. I can see what they're trying yeah. to do. I know, yeah, I get it. It's the it fact would that after perhaps make a good radio sketch or something. Yes, but <laughs> I think it is a good joke in in essence. But the fact is, it's just it goes on like like the pacing's all over the place because you've just had what is intended to be the moment of peril. The big action sequence of the dinosaur running about, and then it, the whole thing just pauses and slows down. Yeah. Yeah, the dinosaur um, had a shit. <laughs> That's the gist of this. Diarrhea. The longest stream of diuretic camels. <laughs> We've got the see you in ten minutes in coming up. <laughs> the thing again, I've got a massive issue with that. Where like if they'd have just gone down the white hole route and just mm. repeated the footage, it would have made more sense. The fact that they actually do actually like for the audience, fine, show it and do it the way that you want the story to be understood. Yeah. But for the edit, use the same footage. I don't understand why you would do it with. Because you're repeating time. Why does he look different every time he does it? Mm. Why That's is he the weird bit. A different one. Yeah, it's just straight. I mean, like I said, for the audience, it makes sense to them to get the idea, the premise of the joke. But for the edit, should have just. Why didn't they just re-edit the footage? It's just odd. It's just it's a weird decision to. I was like, oh, we need to keep Max performance. And it was like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense if we <laughs> do that. <laughs> Hollister's a very strange character because prior to series eight he didn't he was didn't have much comedic value to him. He was just a captain. No, he was a captain very serious, very yeah. down the line, very sort of like the authority figure of the whole thing and then ends up being and so they had, when he's done. They had a blank slate at the start of series eight and it just went to his fat that's his personality. Yeah. And the whole Dennis the Donut Boy thing. Which I never, ever really properly understood. I thought that was just a joke that was thrown away. And when I found out that someone had, like, that that was actually, like, the actual point was that he was meant to be some guy who ended up just, ended up being captain. Blagging his way. Just completely, like, ruined. I don't know why, it it don't know why it annoyed me so much, but it just, it was the fact that it doesn't make any sense at all. No. It just, it just completely nullifies anything because, any authority he has in yeah. the entire of the show is is just demeaned by that by that statement and the way I had it in my head is that prior to this the crew of the Red Dwarf were good and competent it was just Rimmer and Lister that and the JMC the as well same as well and it seems that JMC are also incompetent yeah JMC now have become this kind of crazy corporation like corporation that just yeah And why does Lister even do this? I'm just messing with him, but it's the fact that it just... He doesn't seem to be taking any joy out of it. Why? Why is this happening? <sighs> oh, it's shorter than I remembered. <laughs> oh, good. We were talking over it. <laughs> It makes it easier. It's like a prison. It's like a train journey. If you talk, it sort of makes it go away quicker. Is this where his penis comes into play? Uh, I can't remember. If Archie, is Archie to do with this episode? No, but he's in this episode anyway. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's definitely yeah. 
Because there's still loads to go in this. The captain, uh, the um, dinosaur's pretty much fucked off. We're pretty much done with the dinosaur. But there's still 13 <laughs> episodes, uh, 13 minutes left. <laughs> so even within Pete Part 2, we're only halfway through Pete Part 2. There's just loads of non-consequent... Oh, yeah. God! <laughs> it's right behind you! Oh, oh fuck it up. This 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 joke has been done a lot. It's just not how humans interact. If he's so fat, why didn't you hear him coming? Some <laughs> <laughs> camera shake before you. <laughs> but you can't respect him if he's just a donut boy. Yeah. That's the problem. That's the inherent problem with that idea. It's just I just thought that I don't even know what I thought of that line when I first heard it. I just thought it was just and um, a, a this bit of performance here is just way too broad. This is horrendous. It's just not Rimmer. And it goes on. Like, <laughs> I'd forgotten that that existed. Yeah. I think they usually switch off before then. And the fact that Hollister's giving it back to them too, like still, after. even he, after all that fucking stuff, and it's like <sighs> the one chance he's giving them, but he's giving them another chance, even <laughs> though he's completely fucking them off, and it, you know, it, it's just unbelievable. And again, in what universe are these two prisoners the only people that can, Oh, it's penis. Oh, yeah, it is in this episode then. Out of nowhere, with 12 minutes to go, this. Extra plot gets introduced. <laughs> it's got no bearing on oh, what's going on. It's it's a sketch show at oh, this point. It's so weird. It's like it, honestly, if the, if it had if it wasn't trying to have a plot, it might work. Do you know what I mean? If it wasn't trying to have a plot, and it tried mm. to do little standalone little things that happened. That would make sense. That would be that would make more of a sense than to try to shoehorn everything into a plot point where everything has some sort. of... it's a series of um, comic relief. Skits, but without short yeah, little snippet like sort of little yeah, self-contained little jokes, and then they. Oh. I have issues with the whole thing of if you don't have a penis, then you must be a woman because it doesn't have a vagina either. Women aren't defined by not being men. Yes, and yeah, men are not defined by not being women mm. either. It's yeah, it's very weird. What would have been cool is if Crichton was sent to the prison ward along with all the mental androids and the, the sort of simulants that have been kept under. But well, that would have that, also that have done again. why a cat Crichton and Kachansky in prison? Um, <laughs> because what I like is the fact that a whole of justice could have been avoided if they'd just gone to the prison block in the ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could just bung him in the cell and leave him to rot. What here? Yeah, we have got a prison, didn't you know? <laughs> oh, we're not going to find out for three or four series, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But in, in back in the red, <clears throat> they get found, the charges get dropped against all of them for um, yeah it, for stealing the crush in the star. For stealing the crush, yeah. But then because they get charged, escape they get charged for abusing confidential files, and Lister and Rimmer are the only people who do that. And Hollister just says, and of that, they're all guilty. When has the cat ever accessed the confidential files? But didn't and even that... if he has, what evidence do they have? But didn't they use confidential files in a dream? 
isn't that yeah. what so the fact that they did something because you dreamt that you killed someone uh, you're guilty of murder that's, that's very minority report <laughs> it's like we knew you were going to do this therefore it's like we it's weird it's like oh given the chance would you do this yes then you're guilty but you didn't do yeah. it so, <laughs> so you're not guilty then you haven't done out yet <laughs> it's, like, it's just fucking odd yeah it's like if you here's a hypothetical if you were in a situation where you had to shoot someone otherwise they'd shoot you would you do it? Yes. Right. And you're you are hereby sentenced to life imprisonment <laughs> for the murder just of a fictional man. Breaks every. F- it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. And here's some yeah. things happening. What, what are they going to do? Yeah, and then this weird. Alien ah, because this joke. is from Cassandra. This was shot for Cassandra. This bit. Is that what the Archie thing was? So yeah. The Archie and that's why Rimmer's wearing his big puffy jacket that he had um, in Cassandra so it covered up so it covered up the name Rimmer alien jo- I can get the alien joke it's kind of cool but yeah. it just yeah, it's just <sighs> it's my cock <laughs> it's my fat cock And, uh, the, the fact that the joke of him not this having, episode. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, th- this is probably the best conceit. Like, it's in, the best thing that they it's do. It's the best the idea ones. they do. With, yeah, the best, con- the best idea, the best concept they use at the time. On the fact they have a delayed fight, I like that idea. Um, and it's played very well, and it looks really good when it actually finally when the when the punchline of it comes. Yeah, in, it looks really good. There's one shot of rumor where it just is one of the funniest fucking bits of slapstick I've ever seen. Thanks for explaining that. What's that? Thanks for explaining that, Lister. I'm not even bleeding. (laughs) Give up. Uh, How do you know? I didn't realise it happened so soon either. I thought it was like a scene between this and, and then yeah, the scene happened the scene. straight away. Maybe if it had been plotted at all. People have forgotten that it would have been a thing and it was like, why are they doing that? <laughs> why didn't they tell them? Obviously, why didn't they just say it? Yes. Rimmer doesn't want to be a grasp for some reason. Like in He doesn't for, want to get beaten up for the first. Yeah. But, but in order to, cowardly, man. yeah, he would have done it straight away. Exactly. Oh, Rimmer is given the opportunity to get himself out of trouble by putting someone else in trouble. Of course, he's going to do it. Yeah, he'll fucking yeah, he'll stitch someone up for the sake of it. Even if it wasn't true, he'd stitch someone up sooner than yeah, be punished. That's it, yeah. Especially in the eyes of Hollister, and he's still got an eye on his career. Because in the next episode, he's talking about his career and yeah. when he gets out of prison. That's, <laughs> that's, <good shot. laughs> that's really good. <laughs> I don't know how the hell they started that shot either. <laughs> Am I right in remembering that they get punished for this happening? Because <laughs> this is clear. Yeah, get out. What are you doing? It's clearly their fault. You're going mental. 
What's happening there, though? And that was like okay. a weird sort of Bill and Ted type thing. <laughs> <laughs> Good slapstick. Those two can do slapstick. Yeah. This is clearly the back of a studio in Shepparton somewhere. Unless it's some location. And then the devolution thing, which we get again in series 10. Yeah, and despite the fact that humans and modern day apes evolved separately from the same common ancestor. Yeah. But it's just but, it's uh, common. Monkeys, fight. humans, monkeys. Uh, but dinosaurs. <laughs> cats, cats. <laughs> the thing is, the cat one is the one that's most realistic yeah. <laughs> of all of the ideas. As you can see, the origin of the species is a domestic cat. And its feet. <laughs> Oh my god, what have you done? Gordon Trumpsy. So how did you get the how did you get Birdman out of the dinosaur? The time wand is magic. And so basically now there's no it has in entirely the different functions at different points, depending on what's necessary. Do you want some seed? That's my favourite line of the episode. Do you want some salva? That is your favourite line of the episode. Yeah. And then this. Why? 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 <laughs> because apart from anything else, you get in trouble for doing that, regardless of what happens next. <sighs> um, Pete, Pete, the male dinosaur, lays an egg. Well, life finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. It's, it's just, just bollocks. Jurassic Park. It's absolute bollocks. And then it turns into a Jim Henson dinosaur. Yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> that would be better. It's fucking weird. A crossover with dinosaurs would be better than this. <laughs> Nothing in this episode is good. It's everything. It's, it's just why is this happening? It's cartoonish and it's botched and it doesn't and take place in the real world. Go, the characters don't behave like real people. The world itself, physics, doesn't behave like real physics. It's as far removed uh, from... This. <laughs> <laughs> no, Captain Hollister gets wanked off by a <laughs> What does he think is happening when he's getting licked by a big tongue? <coughs> Some sort of scouring pad. And then there's that weird, why is that shot, was that meant to show a foot or something when he did that? Because that shot there. That dinosaur is seconds old. But yeah, it's the fact that, you know, it's... Yeah. This is as far removed from series one to six as Red Dwarf as it's as ever, gone. ever possible to be. Yeah. It is the diametric opposite of Red Dwarf. It's kind of it's and that's why like, like kind of fan come to life. people can other fans can view series that they don't like or episodes that they don't like in different ways by saying that well it's not as good as the best of Red Dwarf but Red Dwarf is the best show ever therefore Duff episodes of Red Dwarf are going to be better than average things on TV but that's not true of this no this is a bad episode of a comedy it is a bad. Yeah, you, you, yeah, just because it's red dwarf doesn't mean it's excusable. 
but it is just it is, the thing is though this is, this is the worst it gets and everything else is yeah <laughs> that's the positive fun. that you can take away it, this, this is, is, the this is actually the worst it gets yeah. it's never going to get as bad as this I don't think again unless it goes terribly terribly wrong and yeah it's just it is bad TV in and of itself as I've just said but it's when you compare it to classic Red Dwarf that it just goes it looks so unbelievably like bipolar in terms of the the, the quality levels are just like everything about that episode and everything about that episode are just so fucking mm. and so the, the positive so that you can take out of this is that it's it's commonly agreed to be the Nadir and it just makes the rest look so much better in comparison yeah. it's like if pick a random if DNA was done as badly as Pete then we'd know about it yeah but it's done incredibly well yeah I don't know what that point I was trying to make was because I've just watched series 8 for 50 minutes straight and now my brain has devolved <laughs> into a previous state. Into an ape-like. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. The, um, the copyright notice states that it's uh, 2005 was when the DVD was put together. Oh, because that's when, the, that's when that like... version of the thing was made. Oh, that was interesting, wasn't it? <sighs> my intelligence the, um, <laughs> the caption... Uh, on the DVD menu says the hour long story Pete was originally broadcast in two parts this DVD offers viewers the chance to see the entire tale as it was meant to be seen as one long Hollister irritating narrative just take out the word Hollister and that is much more accurate (laughs) just one long Hollister irritating narrative (laughs) (laughs) so um, that was a thing wasn't it thanks Thanks for making. Thanks for. And that. if you manage to get to the end of this and actually watch the episode and not lie and just say that you watched the episode while <laughs> yeah. doing this, then well done you. Because we had to fucking do it. You're fucking doing it. So, yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> now off to kill myself. <laughs> uh, but I'll see you next time on <laughs> Red Dwarf, the Ganymede and Titan dwarf cast of Red Dwarf. <laughs> do you see? Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to GNT Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye.